You are listening to Australia's Tax News Podcast, Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. Welcome to episode 29 of Tax Talks. This is Heide Robson. Car parking provided to employees can mean fringe benefit tax under certain conditions. But what are these conditions? And once we meet them, how are benefits counted and valued? In search of an answer, I turned to Claire Thornet of WLF in Hobart. Here's Claire with the answer. Car parking is a fringe benefit where a lot of employers have trouble with because they aren't aware that they're providing car parking fringe benefits and or they're not aware that how to, how to value them in the best way. Car parking is a really complicated area of the Fringe Benefit Tax Act. There's car parking fringe benefits and car parking expense payments. They are slightly different things. But they all only apply if there is a commercial parking station within a one-kilometer radius. If there's no commercial parking station within a kilometer, then the employer can't provide yes. car parking benefits by definition. Except if it's a car parking expense benefit where you're just reimbursing. So say... Oh, yes, of course, yeah. But if it's a car parking fringe benefit, there has to be commercial car parking station within one kilometre of the car park that you provide the employee, not your... That doesn't that one kilometre doesn't apply to your business. If an employer is in the outer suburbs where there is no commercial car parking, then they don't need to worry about this benefit. No. Yeah, but if they... So it applies more to employers located in the CBD area. Exactly. Or inner suburbs. There has to be the commercial car parking station nearby within one kilometre. It has to provide that uh, commercial parking station. All day parking. Yeah, all day parking for for a six-hour continuous period between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. So if you have, uh, you know, a lot where you can do maximum $2 in a metre, that's not, you know, for two hours... That's not going to be a commercial car parking facility. So you're going to be okay there as well. It needs to be more than 848, I think. I mean, of course, these numbers change, but it's, so it needs to be... Yeah, like, they change. Yeah, At so least, you know, $8, $9 per, per, day. per day. Yeah, for that six-hour period. You know, most commercial car parks would, would charge more than that. Yeah, they, they would. Like, a, you know, especially if you're in Melbourne or Sydney, even in, here in Hobart, um, it's more than that. Yeah. Smaller, smaller cities, you quite often don't have to pay even though there's a commercial car parking because it's, you know, five dollars a day. Yeah. So if you meet all of those things and you're providing a car park, the car park itself has to be owned by the employer or leased by the employer. So either it's adjacent to your premises and it's part of your lease that or you own the building or you own the land or you rent out a space on a near, somewhere near your premises but it's not part of your business premises but you're doing it yourself as the employer if you are reimbursing an employee then for a car expense. park then it's an expense benefit mm. and that's when um, you just use the expense rules. benefit rules mm. so with car parking The way to value it, you can use a 12-week register or the statutory formula method, which they both, they're, they're, they're quite complicated like and they're sort of mathematical and a bit dull to go into. If you don't actively choose the statutory formula or 12-week register, then the default is the actual number provided. Yeah. 
you know, the extra number of car parking mm. benefits provided. Yeah. So do you find that most employers just go for the default method or do you um, well, do you have many clients who use the statutory formula? We usually use the statutory formula method. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a little weird, this section, because it sort of it tells you the, the way to determine the value of a single space is, you know, commercial parking, station method, market value, average cost. And then you use that value either using the 12-week register or the statutory formula method to get the value in total of that car park for the year. Mm-hmm. So The taxable value. Yeah. And so the statutory formula method is good, or you can use the sort of actual method where you value the car park and you know exactly what days of the week, how many days in the year that you've provided it with. The statutory formula method takes into account that you're probably not providing the car park on the weekends. So it's in there. So I always do both calculations to see which one's better. Mm-hmm. And in your but experience, the statutory formula almost... It's usually better. Yeah, yeah. it's usually better mm. because they, they provide the car park on the weekends usually. If, say, you've got business premises or you hire a car park but they can only use it Monday to Friday, then it might be better to use the actual method where you value the car park and then you go by basically the days that it's yes, available. Yes, because the statutory formula is based on 228 days, isn't it? Yeah, hmm. yeah. So with the statutory formula, you don't look at how many days the car no, park was actually used. You, you just take 228 days and that's it. Yes, basically. If you don't use it for the full year, if you don't use the car park for the full year, then you don't. If you're only using it for six months, then you only do it for that six-month period. Okay, so you can prorate yeah. the 228 days. Yeah, but it's not. It's the first day in the year and the last day in the year. So you can't go, yes, well, we only had it for three days, then, mm. yeah, three days per week. So that's why it is sometimes better to use the sort of actual method where you can go, yep, three days a week. Yeah. I can imagine the statutory formula method would be quite good for companies that basically have an around-the-clock mm. workforce. So, for example, hospitals, they would have always quite a few employees working during the night, so the car park would be used nonstop. And then the statutory formula is probably a lot better than the actual number. Yeah. Also, I mean, if you're a charity, like if you're a hospital and you're a charity, then they're going to be exempt. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. A registered charity are exempt from car parking. So that's a really common one that not-for-profits provide. Yeah. Um, also, if you're a small business, then you're also going to be exempt if it's not parked, if it's parked on your business premises, basically. So that's another one. But you need to be really careful with these exemptions that you're not, that you are actually applying them correctly. So, it's, yeah, it's always good to ask a professional. Oh, okay. So, it's, it's small business is exempt from car parking benefits? Only in some situations. It's uh, Section 58 GA. Ah, yes, you're right. Car parking provided by a small business employer is exempt hmm. when the turnover is less than 10 million at the moment. Yeah. It might be changing tomorrow. Well, again. no, that uh, turnover, it's either their turnover is under 10 million or they're a small business. And so you have to go through and see how small business is defined by that. Under the Income Tax the, Act? Or? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's under. It's under the Income Tax Act, so it go, it refers back to the 97 Act. Yes. But that small business, it's not going to, like, it's not, the concessions aren't going to go above 10 million. So before when it was only 2 million, it's just the employer's ordinary income 
and such ordinary and statutory income is under 10 million for the year. But it's it's a little weird with the timing. So it's the income year most recently before the start of the FBT year. So you're sort of going back like another eight months or so mm. to work out what your threshold is. Because I mean, we have I have a lot of clients who you know they're more than two million, but they're under that ten million dollar mark. So you know we can look at it that way. There are basically two steps. A, there is yep. the step to calculate the number of benefits and then it is to determine the value of the car parking benefits. Yes. So the three methods of valuing a single car parking space, the commercial parking station method, the market value method or the average cost. And I have never seen anything but the commercial parking station method. Yeah, and that's also the default. Yes. The market value method, I don't know who would use that unless you're in the business of market valuations because you're going to have to pay somebody to do a valuation of your car park. Qualified and surely, the benefit. Yeah. And surely, I mean, unless... <laughs> Unless you own the property, you know how much it's costing you and that's going to be the market value. The average cost method is, you know, you look at the cost at the start of the year and the cost at the end of the year and you divide it by two, basically. The commercial parking station method is popular because you don't need to use the cost of the car park that you pay. You use the, the lowest, lowest one. Yeah, the lowest all-day fee within one kilometre of the car park that you provide. So... You know, you try it. You so the step that where the accountants add value is because they can find out. Um, we have a lot of data on all the car parks around, privately owned car parks that people rent out. You know, car parking lots, not just like the ones that are owned by councils and hmm. you know the big tall ones. Oh, I see. So it could also be when somebody rents out their private garage or so. Well, yeah, like you'll see. You know, there might be ten car parks. Oh, on okay. a big lot. Yeah, yes. so th those so ones. So it has to be well, commercial car parking. Yes, yeah. Mm. And and then you can use that rate. So that can be that that'll so it's actually you're paying less than it's mm. costing you cause, So you know you know where all the commercial car parking is in Hobart. Yes. <laughs> We have a big list. <laughs> and you know exactly who's paying what. Yeah, we find out at the start of the FBT year how much um, it all costs. So then you can use that value. Mm. So It gets a little tricky when you're not from that area and you're trying to find out. But, you know, we have ways of means of doing that. And, yeah, so it's a, it is a one of those – because normally with fringe benefits, you're paying whatever you pay for the fringe benefits. In most cases, you're going to have to pay that again in fringe benefit tax. So car parking's one where that's not the case. You can get it to be a little bit less by using the commercial parking station method. Does the otherwise deductible rule apply to car parking benefits? No, because it's it's not it's not a reportable benefit. So um, the otherwise deductible rule. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, you can't really say this is for this particular employee. So oh, yes, it would be, and as well as that, car parking is not income tax deduction for an individual because it's considered a domestic expense the same way as like you know your cost of travel getting to and from home to home from work yes, and back very good point. that's not going to be deductible so neither will the car parking cost of car parking so that's why the otherwise deductible rule won't apply there is an exemption for disabled employees that that's going to be exempt from fbt if you if you provide them with a car park or if it if it does meet the criteria for the minor and infrequent that three the 300 exemption if it meets that um, criteria if you value it 
and it is minor and and it is infrequent it has to be infrequent as well yeah so if you have sales staff that only you know rarely come into the office but when you they do and you provide them with a car park then that would be under the minor room yeah it would have to be very infrequent though so you'd have to look you'd have to really carefully consider whether Mm. that exemption applies in that case yeah you could use it that 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 minor exemption rule can apply to a lot of, of the fringe benefits but where people fall down is they think that if it's less than $300 it's fine but it also has to be infrequent hmm. so if you're providing a car park you know once a month that's probably not infrequent hmm. even though it is only 12 times a year Okay, so that was just a quick look at car parking fringe benefits. It is a fairly common benefit. Uh, It's not the most common benefit provided, but it is a really tricky area. So I would definitely recommend seeking professional advice if if you're providing car parks to your employees. So this is how to count and value car parking fringe benefits. In the next episode, episode 30, Ben Sewell of Sewell and Kettle will talk about the Panama Papers, also referred to as the um, Mossack Fonseca Leaks. Until then, thank you for listening. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.